Welcome to another episode of the Integrated Podcast, where we chat with leaders at fast-growing B2B SaaS companies such as Product Board, Clearbit, SugarCRM, and ProfitWell to dive into how they've approached building their integration strategy to drive adoption, growth, and retention. In this episode, we sit down with Jeremy, the ecosystem product manager, and Billy, the head of partnerships from Product Board, who share the sophisticated framework they've used to scale their integration ecosystem, which has enabled them to build an irrefutable moat around their leading product management platform. Enjoy the show. Yeah, so as I'm sure many listeners have heard, uh, Product Board recently raised the Series D led by Tiger Global and Dragoneer. Uh, that took you to unicorn status. How's that experience been? Yeah, it's super, super exciting. Um, you know, it's been a great validation for all the work uh, that the team has put together uh, and the value that we've created in conjunction with our customers. Um, so really, really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, for those who don't maybe have the context on Product Board, maybe tell them a bit about why every product manager should be using Product Board. And, uh, you know, we use Product Board internally, so we're, we're big fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, a couple of things. One is there's no home for product managers today. And in a world where digital product experiences is the battleground, whether it's a B2B company or a B2C company, Product, product managers deserve a product that is built for them, uh, purpose-built for them. So engineers have Jira, sales has Salesforce, uh, customer service has Zendesk on down the line, and there's nothing that's purpose-built for product managers to figure out what to build and why to build it. And from a, a go-to-market team perspective, um, it's incredibly helpful to have that transparency around what product is working on, um, have the roadmap that you can see clearly you can share with customers if you're in a b2b environment um and you know we we hear frequently from our customers when that when they're have rolled it out that if somebody asks the pm what's happening with this release or whatever the answer is it's in product board um so for i that's from a kind of a go-to-market standpoint benefits i don't know jeremy if you you want to make the pitch to uh to the r d teams out there well, I can certainly talk about myself. Um, I know that I've spent the majority of my career in PowerPoint documents, in spreadsheets, in like little notes here, little bits of paper straight across the office, um, or just using tools that are just not designed for product managers at all, like Jira. And there's really been nowhere that we can go to get all of the information that we need in one location. Product managers are just kind of strewn between all of these endless disconnected tools, and we want to create this operating system. Um, where product managers can live full-time. Yeah, awesome. Actually, well, to take a step back, because I know we got excited about the unicorn raise and, and whatnot, uh, why don't you both tell the audience a bit about yourselves? Um, I, I'm Jeremy. I'm the product ecosystem lead at Product Board. I've been here for about seven or eight months, which means I nearly know things, but not all of them just yet. Um, prior to Product Board, uh, I worked at Facebook for a couple of years uh, in products and partnerships, and then I spent a year as well in an ed tech startup as well. Yeah, uh, I'm Billy. I head up our business development and partnerships have been at Product Board uh, for just about two years. Um, prior to Product Board, I spent four and a half years building out the technology uh, ecosystem and technology partner program at Zendesk. Uh, prior to that, I was in fintech for a while uh, and then also had my own small consulting and services firm doing a mix of product marketing and business development. Awesome. And yeah, coming back from those backgrounds, like Facebook is a you know huge company. Zendesk also has an uh, impressive ecosystem. Uh, how has that, I guess, shaped the way 
you've been thinking about building out this ecosystem for Pocket Board, which may be a little earlier on that journey uh, compared to some of the companies that you've worked at? Well, I think we can definitely take some of the cultural elements from those locations and bring them to Product Board. The perception that when we're building products, we need to think about how they can benefit um, users who are using tools across loads and loads of different platforms as well, that every product is a platform and every product can be an ecosystem. Um, but I think there is a big shift in terms of how we engage with the market. I know, Billy, you can probably speak to this more, but when you're at Facebook, it's very much a position where you're having to select from a list of partners who want to build towards you. Uh, and we sometimes have to be a bit more targeted in uh, choosing who we reach out to. Yeah, and I think we're we're creating a category here, and this is a shift. And um, you know, we're trying to show product leaders that there's a better way to do things, better than PowerPoint, better than Excel or, or G Suite. Um, and as, as part of that, you need a, a set of partners to help build that story. Um, but as Jeremy said, you know, you we're not Facebook or Zendesk, so it's not like we can we can tell people to jump and they say how high, which is clearly the case when you're when you're Facebook or a, a dominant ecosystem like that. Yeah. And, and what was the inflection point for Pocket Board to realize, hey, this is something we need to prioritize now, right? Because, you know, generally speaking, when companies start, it's just purely based on customer demand. They're not really thinking too much about partnerships, right? It's just, oh, look, we're losing deals in the pipeline because we don't have certain yeah. integrations they want. Um, how how has that journey been for Pocket Board? Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, that's a, a great call out and it is early days. I mean, you've got to focus on customer value and how you can create customer value and think about where integrations fall in the sales funnel. And so you're initially going to be focused on, you know, bottom of the funnel or uh, churn risks because you don't have an integration. I think we've gotten to the place where um, thanks to Jeremy and, and some of the other product and engineering leadership, we've gotten more sophisticated about how we think about uh, the integration strategy. And there's really, for us, there's four buckets. There's kind of the superpower ecosystems, um, which for us are Microsoft and Atlassian. And so we have great integrations there and strong partnerships um, with those great companies. Uh, we have uh, product uh, folks that are chasing and motivated to reach product personas. So uh, we did a launch with Mixed panel and amplitude last week, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and so that's a great opportunity for us to do integrated go to go to market together, uh, to have shared Slack channels, uh, run joint plays with AEs. Um, the third bucket is smaller startups and scaleups, who as as we roll out more APIs, will be building to us. And then the last bucket, which is where most people start, is those um, they're kind of table stakes integrations. So for us, that's intercom, that's Zendesk. Um, you know, is, is, uh, I have a bunch of great friends at Zendesk, but they are not motivated to reach the product persona. And so it's hard to really do, uh, do go to market with them. So I don't know, Jeremy, what would you add to that? A, a framework some of your product management audience might be familiar with is Kano. And there are certain integrations that you guys have to have to compete. And I think most companies would be making a bad decision if they didn't prioritize those, at least from the inception. But then once you have a good amount of coverage across those must-have integrations, the question is, what's next? Uh, and there's some things which you're just going to need to continuously improve over time, for example, a JIRA integration in our case. But there are some things which can be delighters, where there's like unique value that you can bring by combining your value proposition with a partner's value proposition, which brings something entirely new to market. And I think we're at a stage where we're really starting to think about what are those unique 
um, bits of value that we can bring to our customers. Yeah, in partnerships, I know, you know, it's most fruitful and the easiest to have those conversations when there's a lot of ICP overlap. But when you're starting to integrate with certain companies where, you know, product managers are users potentially, but not core users, how do you incentivize them to be willing to engage in a partnership uh, with you? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's about customer value fundamentally, right? And so I think getting customers to use it um, and then tell stories about that both internally and ideally you can get public case studies because I think that social proof is really compelling. Um, you know, for a Zendesk or a Slack, if you're working with them, building to the latest APIs and kind of what they're focused on is a way that, that you can create value for those companies. Um, so I think, I, but getting that social proof and getting case studies, it's amazing how basic it is, but it's amazing how few people follow through on that. And tactically, do you work with the product marketing team to uh, work on a lot of these initiatives or how, how does that work uh, from a process perspective internally? Um, so I think what we're trying to work with from a product marketing perspective is how can we drive the right narratives within the market? So very much the ideas of who we're actually integrating with right now is, is coming from BDN partnerships. Um, and what we're working with AMM right now is, is how do we actually make sure that this creates a cohesive narrative uh, with the rest of our product as well? And how do we actually execute on that? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And, it, and on the, on the customer stories, um, we, you know, we're at the stage where we have a customer marketer so that they can, can work on things like that. But, um, earlier stage, yeah, I would, I would see that being a, a role that PMM would, would fill in a really important one as well. Yeah. And speaking of earlier stage, you know, what would you recommend they prioritize and focus on if, you know, they're of a team of, let's say one or two product managers you know, one, one product marketer, like what would you say are the core things that they should be focusing on thinking about as they're building out their integration roadmap or their partnership strategy? I think one thing to always keep in mind is that the cost of building an integration is not just the amount of time that it takes to actually build that first version of it. Um, oftentimes you might have to continue innovating on it for months or years into the future. And you can make some technical decisions very early that can cost you for years to come. So really thinking about how can we, how can you create technologies that are reusable um, to multiple partners or multiple categories, as opposed to something that's very um, native and specific to one partner. Yeah, that's a great call. I, and in terms of the category, again, I think it goes back to thinking about customer value, thinking about the sales funnel, um, you know, where are you losing deals? That's definitely where you should start. Uh, I think you want to be really disciplined in your approach there. Um, I think one thing we developed at Zendesk was just a benchmark of when we built a native integration, we wanted to see X amount of installs or you know Y percentage of, of ARR. And if we cleared that, then there's gave you confidence and evidence to continue to invest in it. But I think there's, you know, Zendesk built 50 plus integrations. Before I, I got there in 2015, so it was already public company and already well established. Um, but it was a nightmare to sunset a lot of those things. And so I think being disciplined in how many of these you build, because you want to you want to build just enough um, to accelerate your presence in market, uh, but no more. And that's obviously an impossible task. So um, that's why Jeremy uh, is here to to instill that discipline. So I don't build all these random integrations. <laughs> 
And imagine as your API changes and expands, that creates a lot more possible use cases with the integrations as well. Jeremy, are you able to share a bit about kind of how you think about Product Board's uh, API strategy and how that's affected or uh, improving upon existing integrations and, um, and whatnot? Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the big differences between API development and normal feature development is oftentimes with feature developments, you're thinking out a precise use case that you're hoping to solve for or exact job to be done that you want to resolve for a customer or a user. Whereas with APIs, what can often happen is you unlock an API and it offers a large volume of use cases from inception. So how can you create the right APIs that can enable as much as possible, as quickly as possible? So that's one point. Um, from a more tactical perspective, something that we're doing a lot right now is building integrations that resolve a lot of the technical debt on within our within our core infrastructure. And then by resolving that technical debt, what we can then do is expose that functionality through public APIs. So that means that we can deliver value while removing tech debt, which is a great thing for our engineering teams, and also expand our API program at exactly the same time as well. I, I was going to say, we, when we were talking earlier, you were, we were kind of riffing on the, the integration roadmap and kind of when that is the right time to, to come up for a company's history. Um, and I think that there was a great Ben Thompson quote from a piece he did on Microsoft and the metaverse back in November. Maybe we can add to the show notes. Uh, but his quote was, so many Silicon Valley enterprise companies miss this critical point. They obsess over the user experience of their individual application without considering how that app fits into the context of a company for whom their app is a means to an end. And you, you're, you're trying to survive as a startup, so you focus on, obsessively focus on, on the user experience of your box. But certainly in B2B software, companies are using you know, 100, 150, 200 apps, and you have to figure out what are the critical apps that have to integrate with your application and what does that workflow look like um, to really, uh, help you break out and, and help you start to achieve that escape velocity. Yeah, I resonate with that um, a lot because in marketing, I always say like, no one cares about your product. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, 100%. No, they see your ad and, you know, when you're working in the company, you think our product is the best. That's all people care about. When they see it, they're going to fall in love with it. Same thing with product. Maybe yeah. they'll never, like salespeople will never operate out of product board, right? Like they, they want right. to work in their CRMs and you have to understand that if that's what the user wants, um, as long as yeah. you can deliver value through integrations, whether that means maybe they never even go into your platform, that's fine because they're still getting value from your product, right? And I think that's um, very important. Has there been a shift in mindset that you've had to push within Product Board or has it uh, naturally, like, is everyone very aligned on that? I think we're starting to get there more now because ultimately what the teams are trying to think about is how do we deliver value to our customers? And Sometimes that value is measured on their interaction with our product. And sometimes it's the interaction using the data from our product in a third-party tool. Um, so I think this is being a, a natural evolution at Product Board. Yeah, I, I think it's very natural. And I think as, as you cross the chasm, you, need, you go from these you know, early adopters and evangelists who love your product and it's, it's exactly what they need to kind of that next tier. And they want to see a more complete solution and it's impossible to get to a complete solution without having strong integrations and strong services and solution partners in the ecosystem as well. So, right. And Billy, earlier you mentioned there's like kind of four buckets of integrations that you know you. There are, I guess you break down your integrations into four buckets. There's like the reactive, the proactive, SMBs where you want them to build on top of you because it's not really 
necessarily um, worth your efforts to build with them. And then also you proactively go after, let's say, upmarket integrations. That's a lot of things going on, right? <laughs> no, yeah, no team ever yeah. has enough engineers. How do you prioritize? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think there's, um, you've got to have alignment from uh, R&D all the way through the go-to-market activities. And so, uh, you know, I think we're, we're prioritizing different parts of the company in, in different areas. Um, and so on the, you know, superpower ecosystems, like you have to have a great integration with, it, with Jira and with Azure DevOps and GitHub, um, or people won't buy product board. Um, with Mixpanel and Amplitude, we, you know, we, we've done the work here and now it's with the initial integration, which is powerful and, and love Jeremy to riff on that solution a bit. But now it's really about go to market and, and how we, that's where we're kind of pivoting the dials. So I think it's a, it's a portfolio approach. It, there's not, it's never perfect. And, and you're trying to figure out what the right trade-offs are there. So I don't know, Jeremy, what you would add to that from the, the product side of the house. Yeah, from my perspective, it's really a portfolio management exercise is how much do you need to invest in each of those four buckets over a given time period based on your company's maturity. And if you're an early stage startup, you might need to be more cyclical in it, whereby you focus on some things first and then some things later. Um, but you have to have an awareness of what those opportunities are and what the cost of delay looks like for all of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess this dives into my next question about, you know, how do you work effectively with each other? Because... Um, and, and with the broader team, because I imagine sales is always going to say, why aren't you prioritizing customer demand, right? Look, these are revenue driving uh, requests. Why aren't you prioritizing them? You know, and you're, you're thinking, oh, let's go after these new markets and, you know, sales will be frustrated, whereas customer success may have other needs, right? Because they're saying, hey, you know, these customers who are great are at risk of churn. Um, how, do you, how do you manage that and, and the different teams and, you know, help them understand that there's a broader strategy here in place? I think what we're trying to do a lot right now is find the commonality between all of those needs. Like what does partnerships want? What does CS want? What does sales want? And if they all want that thing, then that becomes prioritized. So it's thinking about how do the integrations that we're building now, how does it unlock future APIs? And how do these APIs unlock future partnerships as well? Um, so I don't really see these things at our current stage as mutually exclusive. We're building an ecosystem and there's a shared technology platform. And, and I look to the philosopher, Michael Scott, who says skate to where the puck is headed. So, you know, I think a lot of the great work that we're doing is about the future customers that we want to grab um, and where the customers that we want to uh, acquire over the next six, 12, 18 months. Um, but as Jeremy said, they're not, they're not mutually exclusive there, but there, there's a balance and it's, it's all on a continuum there. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what they have been trying to, um, think through and help some of our customers think through as well is how do you shift from like to be more proactive with your strategy because you can actually leverage integration strategically to go after new markets which i, I know we'll talk about later with the mixed panel integration and how that's helping you go up market yeah yeah and, and so what we do is is every six weeks um we have an executive uh gathering from r d leadership uh, product leader, product leadership, uh, our SVP of marketing, and we're talking about what's product working on, how is BD leveraging that, and then what are the results that we're getting from campaigns we're running in market. And you know, it's a, it's an hour long session to just make sure everybody is aligned because these things take time. It's you know, if we we rock up with APIs and we launch them, 
you know, that's not on somebody's roadmap. They're not, they're not able to touch it for two, three, four months. So you've got to have that outreach in the market um, to make sure people are aware of it. And when you find the right chemistry, which is more about between the product teams, having design partners go through that, that API um, to do some co-creation with you. And um, that's something that we're scaling up right now. And um, Jeremy's done some amazing work on that. So. Yeah, I think one important thing and something that a lot of startups that I've worked at or been involved with have perhaps not thought about as early as they should have is being very intentional about what is their target market segment and what is their target persona. And if we're all aligned that we want to do this over this time period and we want to move in this direction by another time period, then this conversation has become much easier. Whereas if some people want to move up market, some people want to compete in the mid market, some people want to do this persona, some people want to do another persona, that's where those conflicts typically emerge. And to dig into the process from inception of, hey, look, we think we want to prioritize this integration to should we build a partnership to, you know, do we have to get the partnership and promoting? Can you, I'm assuming it's very fluid and it changes case by case, depending on who the partner is. But can you share some insight on what that process looks like? For example, do you start from a product, pers- you know, product perspective? Like, should we integrate with them? Um, even looking into what the integration should look like before you even begin to approach? Or is it really a very collaborative process with the partners? I, I can take that one if you like. Um, so, so what I try to do is, is group partners into categories. So this is from a purely technological perspective, by the way where if you actually look at a large set of partners, they often have very similar use cases. And the question is, is how do you build the right technology that supports all of those use cases? So it means the conversation sometimes is less more is less about, should we be prioritizing this partner versus this partner, but should we prioritize this category versus this category? And that makes the strategic level decisions quite easy. And then once you move further down, then you think about which of these partners uh, has will create the most value for our customers, or which of these partners will be the best partner. I think Billy, you probably can talk to that a little bit more than me. Yeah, and so um, you know, Jeremy's Jeremy's brought this categorical approach, which I think is really valuable. And then within that, looking at the individual partners, obviously seeing you know one of Product Board's jobs. We we do three jobs. We help teams build roadmaps to align stakeholders. We help teams prioritize features that go on those roadmaps. And then the last job is centralizing and organizing evidence for your product decisions. So we look at product board, see the demand that we have from existing customers. Um, but we also know, uh, driven by Michael Scott, that we want to go where the puck's headed. So we, we pull in, you know, we, we do reveal or cross-beam data sharing with partners. Um, we'll look at uh, LinkedIn and employee growth uh, situation. We'll look at other signals from the market. Um, and some of it comes down again to chemistry and does the partner feel motivated um, when you engage with them? Are they responsive? Are they creative uh, in their responses or does it take them, you know, 12 weeks to get you an NDA? And, you know, maybe that's a signal that they're not a motivated partner. So, you you know, we, we balance all of that out and um, come up with a stack ranking of, of which partners we want to work with and then also get alignment again, across the organization to say, okay, this is the tier one partner. This is the tier two partner in terms of go-to-market prioritization. So that all helps keep everybody on the same page and uh, makes execution a lot smoother. 
Yeah, I know the incentives all tie back to customer value, but sometimes, you know, certain companies are just, they've already had their, you know, H1 or Q1 plans set in stone, and yeah. it's really hard to get them to allocate additional time to build on, work on the partnerships with you. So what are some tactical things that you've done to really incentivize and further motivate these partners to say, hey, you know what, maybe we should backlog certain other initiatives we had in mind and, and really focus on this partnership product board? Yeah, I think, it, I mean, sometimes it's, you know, if, if we're reaching out to them, um, it's more of to get them to build to us. It's more of um, helping them understand use cases, giving them enough data to feel confident that there's that overlap in persona and that overlap in companies. And then it's, you know, saying, hey, we will prioritize you in these marketing campaigns or as product board has, um, you know, large customer events. We'll make sure you have a strong presence there. So those are some of the, the carrots that that you can hold out um, for for the teams. That sometimes it's a product request, right? That they they need a different set of APIs, and then those conversations I think become a little more challenging. But um, you know you can you can work through that as well. Jeremy, anything you'd add to that? I think timing is always a component of this as well, because an organization might have specific strategic priorities. For example, if they're launching a new API, what they might want to do is have a interesting use case that they can market as well. Um, so sometimes a partnership may not work at a certain time, but it'll work uh, further in the future a little bit better. Mm. And as you're diving into the API aspect, um, I see something I don't have as much you know, visibility or understanding of, so I'd love to learn more. How do you go about thinking through what potential use cases could look like in determining what you know, endpoints to surface, because I imagine it's it's quite uh, it's less straightforward than if you were to just launch a product feature, right? Yeah. So product board has a, a very wide surface area. So there's a there's a couple of things that we do. We allow you to collect feedback from all your different sources and understand it and create insights from that feedback. We also have another aspect of our suite which allows you to align your organization around what features you want to build when you want to release them and allows you to prioritize those features as well. And then we also have a surface that allows you to communicate roadmaps with your organization. So when you think about that, that's kind of a, a list of domains. And within each of those domains, there's a list of entities or just functionalities that exist. And what we try to do is go through those entities and basically apply an assessment framework where we think about if we expose this, what is our hypothesized value from that about across what could we build? What could our consultants build? What could our partners build or, or anything else? And how do we validate those assumptions? So it's very similar to um, the general product management process, because ultimately you're often starting with a base of technology and you're thinking, how do I um, expand this and how do I validate that this will offer value for our customers? And are you talking to a lot of customers to validate those, uh, those potential use cases? Uh, what does that process look like for you? It, exactly. For, for each of those things, we, we call them hypothesized value. And until we have a set of enterprise, mid-market, and SMB customers that have validated that hypothesized value, um, we wouldn't really feel comfortable building it. So absolutely. Great. I love all these frameworks uh, both of you have shared in how you're approaching. It's very organized, very structured. Uh, what are some of the challenges, though, that you've been facing uh, as you've gotten to this point or even now? <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I think back to that Ben Thompson quote, there's always going to be a tension between improving your core products and building integrations, building out the platform. And so I think that's a, and that's a healthy tension, right? I think the, the first year that I was here, we spent a bunch of time <clears throat> on roadmaps 
um, and improving the roadmaps because that's where the market was and that's what we needed to compete better uh, against competition in 2020. Um, so I think that's that's always a, a tension. It's right that there's a tension. You know, I'm obsessed about about growing the platform and growing the ecosystem, and so that's that's my obsession. And so there's going to be that that conflict. And um, I think you try to talk about the trade offs. Um, you try to do as much uh, data driven decisions as you can, and say, okay, if we if we go this path, here's what we forecast the impacts are versus this path, and you know, ultimately, uh, it's going to be this. It's it often comes down to the CEO's call, right? Because it's his company and his baby, and um, that's that's what makes sense. So, yeah, I think there is um, there's a couple of dimensions to this, right? So there there's ecosystem based, or there's API focused things that are more customer value centric. For example, I want to export my data into this other software so I can enable this use case, um, but that might not necessarily be a partnerships opportunity. Uh, and then you have API-focused things that are partnerships opportunity. There is co-marketing, co the strategy that happens there. And I think some of the challenge is that the metrics that you use to measure those things are sometimes different. They're just different metrics. And you see value over a different time period. So trying to find a way that you can objectively measure those things together can be quite hard. Um, that's why I think it's basically how do you want to invest your portfolio over time? And you have to have an opinionated stance that we want to do this at this certain point, we want to invest a certain amount of our resources and then transition to the state at, at a later date and have that defined up front. Yeah, I was going to say, because in a certain way, again, from everyone's perspective, like the core metric is very different and the value of that metric is viewed differently. For example, for sales, it's pipeline, right? Oh, shouldn't that be our North Star, right? So if it's blocking pipeline, you know, who cares about the the, the right. deals you may close up market six months, one year from now? We need these deals yep. now. Um, yep. So I guess that just comes down to a leadership decision and, and alignment there, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think and, and just getting everybody on the same page in terms of leading, lagging indicators. Um, and, and again, talking about what the trade-offs there are. So. Mm -hmm. And retrospectively, how are you evaluating those decisions? So, you know, you go in with the hypothesis that this should be the, the makeup of our portfolio, for example. Um, are you doing retros on, look, you know, did these hit? I, I mean, obviously you had KPIs, but beyond that, like, is this the right mix? Is this the right proportions and allocation of resources we're putting towards each bucket? Like, how are you going through that evaluation process? Yeah, so it's challenging right now because we're in such a state of enormous hypergrowth. Like when we look at the API and ecosystem-focused teams, it's probably 5x uh, over the last couple of months. Um, we also have more teams building APIs than ever. Um, so in terms of being able to compare the past, it, it's difficult because what we're doing in the future is wildly different. Um, so it's basically trying to sense check as we go to make sure we're making the right decisions and that we have leading indicators of success for everything so that we can assess quickly if we're going in the wrong direction that we can we can course correct and pivot to something that makes a bit more sense. Mm -hmm. And do you now have a dedicated platform engineering team, uh, or are you still sharing the engineering, uh, I guess, resources with the rest of you know the core product teams and and whatnot? So, so my engineering group is the dedicated platform team. Um, so what we're doing right now is a combination of uh, integrations, um, both native and non-native. Uh, APIs and also the API platform, which is basically the enablement for other teams if they want to expose an aspect uh, of their domain. Mm -hmm. And for earlier stage companies, uh, would you recommend that they do try to invest in, let's say, a dedicated team for integrations early on, or do you think it is 
you know, something that at only when they've hit a certain point, it makes sense to, you know, create an ecosystems team, for example. So I think it depends wildly on what your tool is and what value proposition it has. Um, so for example, my last company was a, it was learning software. And when we were competing in SMB, we weren't competing in SMB, we were selling to enterprise companies, but doing very small deployments. So we didn't need to have integrations with all their different tools. They were perfectly okay with not having that. But once we started doing enterprise deals where it was 70,000 seats and above, we had to do that to compete. So we ended up transitioning all of our resources to this, this ecosystem play. Yeah, that ties perfectly into, I guess, the next topic, which is the mixed panel integration that you uh, recently launched. We'd love to learn more about that process, the strategic thinking behind it, and, you know, how this is helping you move up market. Yeah, so, so a big part of this was inductively understanding what are the greatest problems for product managers right now. And one of the really big challenges that product managers have is they spend their entire career looking at graphs or funnels or dashboards and trying to understand what is the qualitative insight behind this quantitative data. And you'll often see that where they say they want to improve one aspect of a funnel and they do a six month long research project. And just the time to get insight is so slow. So what we want to do is think about how we could combine qualitative and quantitative data so that people can make better prioritization decisions. That's one aspect to it. Um, the other thing which this will unlock for product managers as well is the ability to understand the needs of personas. Because I know we were talking about this earlier that a lot of people have personas, but they're a bit hypothetical um, and they're not actually a real person. But actually understanding for those personas, what are their biggest needs and what are their biggest pain points and how do we actually solve them with our roadmap? Yeah, and so the, the integration takes behavioral cohorts from Amplitude or Mixpanel and brings that into Product Board. So you're able to filter all your views in Product Board, whether it's isolating feedback and insights, whether you're isolating what features are getting worked on, um, or isolating the roadmap and how that impacts, say, power users um, of your product or a cohort of people who have maybe tried the latest feature and then turned it off um, or haven't come back to that, that feature. And so you're, as Jeremy said, by combining qualitative and quantitative data, you're just able to make better product investments, better product bets as you move forward. Um, and both those teams have been great to work with. Um, you know, I think they're both on the, on the cutting edge. And um, I think there's this whole kind of modern product stack that is, that is being pulled together um, you know, with, with design tools, obviously led by Figma. Um, you have the product analytics there. You have these great whiteboarding products like Miro and Mural. Um, and so this is kind of, I think, the, the new, better way that people are, are designing and building products today. And what helped you, um, I guess, what shaped the perspective that this was an integration that would help you move up market per se? Because there's, I mean, Mixpanel, they, they have a wide gamut of users, but is it because the demand for the integration is coming from your largest customers or... Uh, can you walk through like that thought process of thinking through how is this strategic, like how is this impacting your go-to-market overall? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think when you think about jobs to be done um, at at its most rudimentary level, if you don't ship software, somebody get in the product organization gets fired, right? Fundamentally, so you need a great integration with Jira or Azure DevOps or GitHub to make sure that shipping is smooth. The next thing that is is roadmaps and how, because that's the currency the product teams operate in and how you communicate roadmaps out to the market. And then above that is going to be 
what I, sh what I shipped and what I've talked about, was it impactful? Was it effective? And I think those are the three biggest jobs that, that we hear from, from customers. And as you get into larger organizations, I think it becomes at premium of what did what we ship, was that effective, um, is really critical. And you look at Amplitude, the ACV on Amplitude is from their public uh, reporting is 110,000. Um, like that's a, that's a healthy ACV. So, you know, yeah. I don't know, Jeremy, anything you'd add to? I think you captured it pretty well. Um, the only additional thing I'd say is that when you're relatively early, um, sometimes you might look at data observationally. You might go, here's like how many people have used our product, but you're not using that to inform a lot of your decision-making. Whereas as your business becomes more complex and it's, it's difficult to actually understand everything that's going on, then you actually need to use data in order to make any type of decision at all. Great. Well, uh, now that you're at unicorn status, would love to learn more about what's next. You know, your team, you just said you're 5x your platform team, but in general, like what's, what's exciting, what's coming up? Yeah, so we've, uh, we're just about to hire somebody on the tech alliances side um, to help me in market there. Um, there's a bunch of APIs that Jeremy and team are working on, some other integrations that are in the mix. Um, so any partners that listen to this that are or companies that are interested in partnering with Product Board, um, feel free to reach out to partners at Product Board. Um, you can also reach out to Billy Robbins on LinkedIn. Um, Jeremy, any, anything you want to call out from things you're working on? I, I don't want to share what's in the kitchen too early. Yeah, so a big thing for us is making sure that you can bring data from any source into Product Board. So that's kind of the high level theme in, in terms of what we're thinking about. So anyone who's interested in bringing data of any type into Product Board, uh, feel free to reach out and we'd love to talk to you. Awesome. That's actually going to be my next question is how people can find you, but I guess uh, you both shared that already. So yeah, really appreciate the time you took today to uh, hop on this podcast. I, I learned a lot and I think our audience is going to gain a lot of value from just you know seeing or learning about the progression and just the structure that you've built at Product Board. I think is very impressive. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks so much for having us on, Brian. It was great. Really enjoyed the conversation as well. And I uh, uh, hope to hear from listeners soon. I enjoyed this a lot. Thank you so much. It was great. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Integrated Podcast. I'm your host, Brian from Paragon. And if you want to equip your engineering team with a scalable integration